Good morning to you all. Uh, happy Labor Day weekend. Um, we are wrapping up our series, Countercultural Living. We've been tracking through First Peter, and um, we are looking at um, chapter 5, the last chapter, verses 5 through 9 today. So if you brought your Bible, I encourage you to, to take that out and to turn to chapter 5. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of bummed that this series is coming to an end because it's been, uh, I think it's been fascinating. Um, just to kind of give you a recap of where we've been the last eight weeks or so. So we started out in chapter one, and uh, we talked about how, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive, but faith isn't actually proactive. It's reactive. And what fuels us in our faith as Christians is actually reacting to what God has already done for us. That's what enables us to live out the Christian life well. And then we look the next week at the second half of chapter 1 and this countercultural principle that fear can actually be a good thing, especially when it comes to fearing God. Because when you fear God, and by fearing God, we talked about being in awe of God, this deep reverence for God. And when we do that, it helps us to keep things in perspective and keep our eyes on the prize. And we jumped in to suffering, and uh, we talked about that one of the ways that you counter suffering, if you remember this point, totally countercultural, is by asking God to make you spiritually discontent. And then we looked at um, the importance of submitting to government authorities and human authorities. We, we looked at how those early Christians Peter was writing to, actually he was instructing them to submit to this crazy emperor Nero. And we talked about what does submission to authority look like um, even when you don't necessarily agree with it. And ultimately, uh, you have to have ultimate allegiance to Jesus Christ. And we talked about um, John, his favorite message of the series, uh, at least my favorite to watch him squirm up here, was when he talked about wives submitting to your husbands. You guys remember that one? Uh, that was exciting. So we talked about the importance of submission in marriage and why that is so uh, critical. Then we talked about uh, repaying evil with blessing. I mean, just one countercultural thing after another. So when someone does you wrong, as a Christian, your, your job is to bless somebody. Bless that person who wronged you. And then uh, we talked about how we can actually rejoice in the midst of our suffering. That's crazy. But how we can choose joy when we are suffering for our faith. And then last week, um, we looked at the beginning of chapter 5. John talked about... Uh, you know, there's this verse in there about how leaders, you know, you're not supposed to power up over people and lord your authority over others, but you're actually, in, instead, you're supposed to humbly serve other people. So, you know, the Bible, uh, the Bible's wisdom and God's wisdom is not human wisdom, and that's, a, that's very, very clear to us. And um, we're going to look today, as we conclude this series, at one more countercultural principle that, um, that the Bible gives us. And so um, I've titled the message today is Two Spiritual Growth Essentials That We Resist. That we just kind of have this tendency when we think about these two essentials to just reject those or we just love to try and avoid those as much as possible. By and large, for the most of us. I know certainly I do. So we're going to jump into verse 5. But before we do, would you join me as we pray together? Uh, Father God, we just thank you for allowing us to be here Today, um, as we conclude this series, God, this is one more message that does not just kind of come naturally to us, what we're going to look at today. And so I pray, God, wherever we are in our, in our journey, that you would just help us to be open to uh, what you might be saying to each one of us. Speak to us this morning. In Christ's name, amen. 
All right, let's, let's get into it. 1 Peter 5, 5. It says this. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. Now, you're like, what the heck? In the same way, what are we talking about? Well, last week, or the, the, first, the first four verses of chapter 5, if you have your Bible, you can kind of see them there, but basically those, those early verses were these instructions to church leaders. Okay? They were instructions to the elders. And basically they were telling the elders, hey, you know, you're not supposed to power up over people. You're not supposed to lord your, lord your authority over those you're serving, but you're supposed to serve them, humbly be serving them. And so then Peter turns from the leaders, the church leaders, and he turns to those who are not in leadership, and he says, in the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. So he's saying, just in the same way that they are trying to kind of submit themselves to you and serve you, you're supposed to do the same thing. You're supposed to submit to them. Now, that word submit in the Greek, the original Greek word, is hupotasso. Hupotasso. And um, that's actually a military term. And that military term, it, it, it means to line up under somebody or to line up under something. Okay, that's that word, hupotasso. So that's what it's talking about when it says, submit yourselves to your elders. It's saying, line up under the leadership of the church. Now, could we have some problems with this, with this verse if it was taken out of context? I mean, could you, could you imagine anyone who might want to take this verse who is in leadership, maybe you know, one of those televangelists or you know, I don't know who it might be, and could just get a hold of this verse and do some, do some nasty stuff with it? You know, hey, man, it's time to take out those wallets. Let me read 1 Peter 5, 5. I'm going to tell you what's going on today, right? So um, we can have a lot of problems if this verse is taken out of context. And so it's critical that when we read this passage, those first four words, in the same way, we, we, we realize that we've got to hold it all together, those, those verses that just came before it. Because, you see, um, you're called to submit to church leadership. That's great for me to say, right? <laughs> Um, but, but the reality is we're only called to submit to church leadership if the leaders are leading the right way. And the reality is this. If, if we are submitting to the leadership of the church and the church is being led well and leaders are doing what they're supposed to be, then essentially they are, are just what leadership is called to do is just to, is just to lead you forward in, in following Jesus Christ. And so that can be a great, great thing. But here's the thing. Why, why does, it, does it call us to submit? I mean, I don't know about you, but that word submit, when I hear that word, there's just something inside of me that just kind of goes, oh, I just, I think I got some pretty good baggage with that word submit. I don't know if anybody else has baggage with that word submit, but um, for me, my baggage, I think it stems from my, my childhood because, say, I have one brother, and he's two years younger than me. And so we just kind of did the classic what brothers would do. And so we would, we would wrestle. You know, I love to watch like the WWF back then. That's what it was called. And, uh, and so we would practice wrestling moves and submission holds on each other. And I don't know if it's just that I, I was weak or he was just strong for his age. He must have just been strong for his age. Um, and my, my little brother's pretty tough. And so um, we were pretty evenly matched, I'm kind of embarrassed to say. Uh, and so, you know, we would, we would wrestle and stuff, and we would, we would try and get each other into submission positions, like submission holds. And then when you finally, like, pin, you know, and the, the, the baggage for me comes when, like, 
you know, it was probably only one time in my whole life where he pinned me, right? But, like, so he, like, pins me down, and I'm laying on the ground, you know? I'm, like, down like this, and he's, like, sitting on my chest, and he's got, he's got my arms pinned down, and I'm just done. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just And he's just flicking me in the forehead. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. And this is what we would do, because, you see, I was born in England, okay? So we didn't have this uncle thing. What's with the uncle? Say uncle, say uncle. You better say uncle. Where did that come from, man? That's weird. You know, like, uh, anyway, we, would, we were proper. We was British. So, you know, so he would say, you submit, you submit, boom, boom. You submit, boom, no, you know, you submit, no. So that's like my, those are my vivid memories of this word, submit. It's not good. You know, submission was a terrible, terrible thing. And um, when we think about it, in our culture, in our society today, what's your kind of first association with that word submit? Defeat, you know, giving up, um, you know, you're a failure. Uh, but here, it's telling us, God is telling us, that we're actually called to submit. This big, nasty word, submit. Um, but I want you to write this in, because this is the first essential. There's two spiritual growth essentials. Um, that we miss. And the first one is submission. We love to avoid this. We love to reject this. We love to dismiss this in any way that we can. But let me just tell you, submission is the foundational attitude for spiritual growth. You want to grow in your relationship with God. You want to grow in your faith. If you can take on a posture of submission, you will be amazed at what happens. Let Let me try and explain this a little bit. see, We've been talking about Peter. We've been kind of giving Peter a hard time. Peter's the author of this letter. He's the writer of this letter. He walked with Jesus for three years. And Peter is a knucklehead in many, many ways. That's why I love him. He does, you know, he sticks his foot in his mouth all the time, and he's doing, constantly doing stuff. Just he acts before he thinks. But the one thing that Peter has just mastered is this submission deal. And I wonder if that's why Jesus chose him. I wonder if that's what made him one of the greatest uh, leaders of the early church. See, in, in Luke chapter 5, um, there's a, there's a story. It's actually, um, Peter had known Jesus for a little while, but this is basically the story of the calling of the first disciples. And uh, in Luke chapter 5, uh, Jesus is there, and he's, uh, he's down at the lakeside, and he's teaching a group of people. And um, he gets into one of the boats of the fishermen, what turns out to be Peter's boat, and he pushes out a little bit from the shore because there's, like, there's a lot of people right on the shoreline. So he pushes out, and he's got this little, uh, you know, now he's out in the water, and he's actually teaching the people. And um, so then after he's finished... Jesus, uh, he turns to Peter, who's actually been fishing all night long, um, because Peter was a fisherman. That's what he did. And, um, and so Jesus turns to him, and he says, hey, Peter, um, go ahead and put your nets out in the, in the deep water. It's there in verse, in verse 4, Luke chapter 5. And, and let your nets down for a catch. And uh, Peter, who is also known as Simon, it's a little confusing, but just, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, so it says that, that Peter responds in that moment to Jesus, and this is what he says. Master, we've worked hard all night long and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, you can kind of read into this. I've heard a pastor talk about this, this verse one time. He said, you know, it's almost like Peter when he says master there. It's like he's saying, hey, master, Master rabbi, master teacher, master healer, uh, 
master carpenter, uh, definitely not master fisherman. You have no idea what you're doing right now. Um, so we've worked hard all night long, okay? There ain't no fish out there, okay? And now, now it's not the optimum time putting in the deep water. These aren't the optimal conditions for fishing, okay? So it's kind of this backhanded little, you know, he's, he's kind of, I think he's kind of t- making a slight dig at Jesus. But then he says, and these are the most important six words that Peter says, I believe. And these are my favorite six words that Peter says in the entire Bible. But because you say so, I will. B-Y-S-S-I-W. He says, you know what? I'm just going to put down those nets. And you know, we read what happens. Um, there's this unbelievable catch of fish that is so big that Peter can't pull in all the fish by himself. I mean, it's so crazy. And so uh, here's the deal. Peter has adopted this. He's got this mentality of submission. He said, you know what, this doesn't make sense, this defines logic, but you know what, Jesus, because you say so, I'll do it. Even though it, 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 it runs counter to everything that I know, I've been a fisherman my whole life, because you say so, I will. Let me tell you something. If you're here and you are, are really serious about trying to grow in your faith, if you're just like, man, I don't, I'm wide open, I'm trying. if you can commit these six words just in, in terms of how you have your posture with God, it, it will radically, radically change your relationship with God. It just will. If you can just become a person that says, okay, God, because you say so, I will. And um, what I mean by that is like, and you know this, this happens you know, more often than we actually think or realize, but what happens is you'll be sitting in a service like this, and at some point along in the message, um, maybe you'll hear like, a, like, a, like an action point, or you'll see a particular verse, and there'll just be this little voice inside of you that goes, wow, that's really right on point. That, you feel like that one's speaking right to you. you know? Or maybe there's this little voice and it goes, you know, I should do that. I need, I need to do that. I don't want to do that, but I need to do that right there. Or maybe for some of you, you actually hear the whisper and it's like, you need to do that. You need to do that right now. Um, these are the things that... I, that I think are very easy for us to dismiss or cast off or say, yeah, that was really interesting. We don't actually take it to the point where we actually take it and do it. And so when you get those moments where, where you know, whatever it is, where there's just that moment where you just get this little nudge, this little prompting, this little whisper, instead of just kind of casting it off to me like, oh, yeah, yeah I, I should do that, and you just kind of dismiss it. At that moment, just say, okay, you know what? Because you say so, I will. Because you say so, God, I'm going to do it. I don't necessarily fully understand why or why I got this little prompting or this little whatever, but I'm just going to go ahead and do that. And if you can do that, I'm telling you, it will be amazing what God will do in your relationship with him. So that's the first one. Very difficult thing to do. We don't, that word is, is so packed with all this negative stuff, but it's a key to growing in our faith. Submission. All right. Now, let's, let's keep trucking along. So the rest of verse 5 and, and verse 6 go like this. So he says, All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. So here we see the text, and it, it shifts 
from talking about submission, and immediately it goes into humility. And three times in these two sentences, we see humility referenced. Why? Because the deal is this. Very, very simple. If we aren't humble, we're not going to submit to God. It's impossible to submit to God if you are not humble. See, if you're in a position, and I know I've been there, and, I, and, and you, know, you get in these places where you just kind of feel like you've arrived. You know, you've got it pretty much all figured out. You've got your path charted. You kind of know what you're doing. You, nothing's really going to stop you from getting in, you know, changing path. When, when you are in that place where you kind of feel like you've got everything figured out and, um, and nothing's going to knock you off course, um, if you get that little nudge, that little prompting, you're not in a position where you're going to respond to it. You're not in a position where you're ever going to say, because you say so, I will. Because you've, you've arrived. You've got it figured out. You're charting your own course. So, you know, I think it's great. It says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. The reason that God opposes the proud is because if you are, are this proud person who's got it all figured out and you've arrived and you really have no need for God, God, God can't use you. God, God can't do anything in your life. The beautiful thing about God is that God is a God of free will. God doesn't, you know, God doesn't force us to do things. That's the beautiful thing about God. So if, if you feel like you're just totally filled up with pride, I got it all worked out, God, I don't really need you, well then, I mean, okay, well, God doesn't really have much of a use for you, unfortunately. So we've got, we've got to humble ourselves. Um, John talked a little bit last week, for those of you who, um, who braved the, uh, the post-hurricane conditions, um, John talked about um, groups here at Grace, and um, our, our community groups are their places where, you know, you might call them small groups, you might call them Bible studies, whatever, but they're places where we come together and we, we discuss what uh, has been talked about here on Sundays. We jump in and we look at some scripture verses and we have discussion about that, and then we, we really try and figure out, okay, now how does this stuff intersect with real life? You know, what, so what? What does this mean for you and for me? And so uh, John talked a little bit about that last week, but I just got to tell you this. Um, being in one of these groups is actually quite a humbling experience. And I would say it's especially humbling for the men. Now, I don't know what it is about the women, if women are just more humble, or, um, it, you know, w- what it is about, about us guys, but... Um, you know, it's just something about getting into a group where you're actually talking about, you know, stuff that really matters, um, especially, you know, s- your relationship with God and faith issues like that. It, it, sh- it, can be, it can be a humbling thing. It really can. And we have built uh, a, a pretty good culture around here, just like we try and have uh, Sunday morning, which you guys are experiencing right now, to be a pretty kind of laid back, um, you know, just kind of, hey, you can come in and we're a church people who don't go to church. No one's going to, you know, no one's going to corner you and, and make you do something that you don't want to do. Uh, we've really worked very hard to build that same culture in our community groups that we have at Grace. And, um, and so it's actually really cool because our groups, um, they, they're, they're places where it's, it's not just okay to ask questions and to express doubts and to kind of say, man, this is where I'm at and I don't know if I believe all this and I'm really struggling here. It's not just okay to do that. It's actually like, almost like the expectation. It's like, you know, you're going to come in, and as soon as you kind of get comfortable in that environment, that's what it's, it's what it's about. We're not here to pretend like we've got everything figured out. It's the exact opposite. We're here to try and, you know, just throw it all out there on the table and try and learn together. And so, um, you know, that is a really cool thing. 
about these groups. But it's also very humbling because what you realize is as you walk into one of these groups, um, and I know this from my own personal experience because, um, you know, it was maybe nine, ten years ago where I was just, I was sitting in a seat like you guys were in Cincinnati, Ohio in a church, and then they were like doing group signups and stuff, and I was like, you have got to be kidding me. There is no way. You know, I have so much stuff I'm trying to figure out. There's no way I can jump in and get involved in one of these group things. So, I mean, I get where a lot of you may be as you're thinking about, oh, man, this is, this is crazy. Uh, and, and this is the deal. When, when you get into that in, environment, it's really, really cool because you see all these people and you're like, oh, my gosh, man, they've got as many questions as me. Wow, I, you know, I thought all these people who came to Grace just had everything figured out and they knew all the answers to everything. And, man, they're, they're even more screwed up than I am. This is, this is, uh, this is pretty nice. Uh, but then you realize that, that that's just ushering you into a place where you're going to be real as well. And you're, you're going to talk, and that, that is humbling. It, it really, really is. But I just want to tell you, okay, because we're, we're, starting, um, we're going to start our signups for our community groups a week from today, next Sunday. And our groups actually kick off in two weeks, and they go for ten, they're going to go for a 10-week session. Um, these groups, I just want you to, be, just to keep an open mind about it. Okay, just keep an open mind about it for signing up for this fall session for 10 weeks um, because these groups are a great opportunity to actually take some steps to practice humility, what, what uh, Peter's talking about here in verses 5 and 6, and to try and figure out, yeah, how do I get to a place where I can be better at saying, because you say so, I will, God. And, man, when you can do that, when you can rub shoulders with other people, and you can see that, man, they're, they're, they're facing a lot of the exact same things that you are, it, it, it just makes it, so much easier. Um, I think it's so cool uh, what it says in, in verse 6. It basically says, you know, if we humble ourselves, uh, then God will lift us up. And I think, you know, if you will humble yourself and you will get into a group environment, which is, like I said, very humbling, um, you'll be amazed at how your faith is lifted through that experience. Just as you're, as you're rubbing shoulders with other people and you're realizing, man, we are, we're really all in this together. This person's really no different than me. It, it is an amazing Thing that happens. All right, let's look at uh, verses eight and nine. These are actually um, verse eight is, is my favorite verse in this uh, in what we're looking at today. It says, "Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith." Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. When it says be alert and of sober mind, basically what Peter is, is really saying in today's terms is pay attention, wake up. Your enemy is like this roaring lion. Now, Anybody really into those nature shows like Animal Planet or, or you just, you know, you flip around and you just, you find yourself getting on those, those shows, you know, whatever. Um, I, I, I like to do that. From time to time, I'll just be flipping around. And um, for me, you know, no offense to, to those who really, really are into these shows, but, but basically if there's not a lion on the show, I'm really not that interested. You know what I'm saying? Because the lion is just, I mean, it's just where it's at. You know what I'm saying? You know there's going to be some, it's going to be a throwdown on the show, and it's going to be awesome. Um, so I got a video that I want to queue up. It, it, this has been fairly popular. Some of you guys might have seen this. Um, let's go ahead and just cue this up. I'm going to talk right through it. So here's, here's the lions, okay? 
you got to look at them. They're, they're ready, man. You know that those, those bad boys are, are ready for the attack. Now, the lion's strategy when they hunt is what are they looking for? What are they looking for? You guys know? Yeah, they're looking for prey. Okay, that's good. But what specifically are they looking for? Yeah, they're looking for a loner. They're looking for someone who's wandered a little too far from the flock. And here you see we got a buffalo. Actually, we got three of them here. And um, they're about, this one's about, watch what happens. He's about to freak out. He's about to see Jesus in about three seconds. Watch. Wait, wait, wait. There you go. Okay. Now, now keep your eye on the little, the little one right there. See the little one? Oh, man. Okay. I hear the women. I hear the women. It's okay. All right. All right. So here's the deal. So now, now you've got to realize with this, um, this is kind of somewhat amateur video. And it's actually great if, if we had the sound because you'd, you'd actually hear, like, they're Australian and they're, like, freaking out because they're seeing this thing. And that's why, like, the camera's shaking around and stuff. So it's kind of cool. So they, they've got, this, they've got this, uh, this, this buffalo, right? Now watch the water. Watch the water towards the left. You see that? That's a crocodile. Now check this out. Check this out. This gets really, really crazy. Okay, so crocodile's in the water. You see it? There he comes. He's actually going to grab that buffalo and start to pull it into the water. Check this out. How many of you guys have seen this video? Yeah, some of you have. Okay. It's worth seeing again, though. It's awesome. This is great. So he starts to pull. There's like a WrestleMania going on here for, for the buffalo. Now, obviously, we got like four or five lions there, and so they are actually going to take this thing, and they are going to win. That's a big crocodile right there. Okay. So then the crocodile goes back in, and the lion's like, okay, cool. Now we are good to go. We got this. We got a big feast coming. But what they haven't bargained for <laughs> is the buffalo are not too happy about this. And, man, they are, coming. It's, it, they are coming to throw it down right now, okay? So they actually totally circle the lions. Now keep your eye on the far right screen, the buffalo on the far right. There he goes. Boom! Did you see that? He just, that was like a rodeo move right there. Okay, and they actually click. Now watch, the, 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 buff, the little buffalo is actually getting up. Can you see? Wait, I'm telling you, the camera work isn't very good, but you see it? It's getting up. There it is. It's up. You see it? It actually makes it back into the, the herd. It makes it out, and they, they drive all those lions away. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing. That thing was like, the actual video is like 10 minutes long. I was just thinking about just showing the video, and then that was it. You know, just no, no sermon or anything, because it was so cool. Um, so why did I show you that? Well, let me read the verse again. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. See, here's the deal. Just the same way that those lions were prowling around, they were looking for a loner. They were looking for someone who had strayed too far, who felt isolated, right? That, that's, what, that's how lions do it. It's, it's plain and simple. I love the imagery there, okay? So it's, it's, it, the same thing applies with us. We have to, to be on our guard, right, that we cannot get isolated. Okay? We are at our most vulnerable, our most susceptible when we're isolated. 
bottom line. Okay? That's, that's when we're susceptible to temptation, to falling into all sorts of traps and vices and, and sins, whatever. Okay? That's when we're most likely to get discouraged, to get depressed, you know, to, 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 to go off the path that God has for us. It's those times when we really don't have other people around us to encourage us, to support us, to help us in this life. And so we have to avoid isolation. The devil prowls around like a roaring lion, just waiting to pick someone off who's kind of out there and doesn't really have a support system or a support network. And so the second essential, I couldn't think of a better word. This word is way overused. But um, anyway, the, the second essential is community. First one is submission. The second one is community. Okay? I know it's been a huge word for years and years and years. Um, but this is the bottom line. Spiritual growth happens best in community. It's when we're around other people who know us and we know them. Now, um, sitting in this room right now, in, in one sense we're in community. But that's not what I'm talking about here, and, and you know that. I mean, you know, when, when you look to your left or to your right down your row, and like, you're like, oh, those look like nice people, but you have no clue who they are. I mean, you, this isn't, in one sense we're a gathered community, but in another sense what I'm talking about today, um, we're really not. And so you've got to understand, it's very difficult to grow in your faith if you're isolated. Very, very, very difficult. And so... Um, you know, the practical takeaway that I want to I give to you guys is, um, you know, I, I really want you to consider our groups here at Grace. We say uh, at Grace, if there's one thing that you do, if there's w- only one thing that you do at Grace, we want you to join a group. We want you to get involved with a group. And um, that is where you are going to be able to experience this sense of community. Um, the way that, that groups are working this fall is like this. We're actually going to um, have a 10-week cycle. We're going to kind of almost think of it like in school cycle, so we're going to almost like trimesters, okay? So I have a fall, fall cycle that will start in two weeks. It starts the week of September 18th, and it goes until December the 4th. And then after that 10 weeks is up, right, you meet every week for 10 weeks. After that, um, that 10 weeks is up, we'll break for the rest of December and then until mid-January. So we'll break for like six weeks. And then groups won't get together formally. They might get together for some food or a holiday party or whatever. But then, um, and you've got to hear me on this, okay? You've got to hear me on this. Because I know so many of you guys in this room are like commitment phobes, okay? It's cool. All right? I am too. Okay? That's, that's kind of the postmodern world we live in. All right? So here's the deal. I'll make you a promise. This isn't like you're going to sign up and then like that's it and you've got to be in the group for the rest of your life or then you feel guilty when you don't go and you're on the email list and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm like getting these emails and I don't go anymore and I, I should respond and tell them that I don't want to be in the group but then they'll be offended and so what do I do? Right? Like that's the position. You're like, oh man, I don't want to know if I can do this. So the deal is it's, it's 10 weeks. Okay? We ask you to give, it, give a group a shot for 10 weeks. Then once the group stops and has that break in December – all group leaders are required to send out a little thing through email, and it's like a little survey. You know, what, what can we do better? What, what, what would you improve? What would you like? And then, so what are you thinking about for the January session? Would you like to take a break? Uh, you know, would you like to try a different group, or do you want to stick with this group? So it gives you a clear start and stop and a clear way because, you know, some of you will find the right group the first time, and others it will take two times or three times. So um, I, I strongly encourage you 
to, uh, to jump in. And what we're going to do is it's, it's going to be a sermon-based discussion. So what we talk about on Sundays, you know, the, the outline that you've got there, um, that'll be the fodder for the conversation that happens um, that week. So groups are going to meet, you know, most popular nights Tuesday and Wednesday, but they'll be all different times and days through, throughout the week. And so um, basically you're going to use that as the, as the basis for the conversation. But starting September 18th, we're going to be – uh, there's going to be a white piece of paper inside your bulletin, and that piece of paper is actually going to have additional scriptures for you to read and some, que- some application questions for you to be thinking about. And so the, the idea is that you would take that and spend 15 minutes kind of working through those, reading those additional things, and that that combined with the sermon, you take it into the group, and you would use that as the basis for your discussion. So we're going to be doing sign-ups a week from today. If you are so ch- charged up and you know you're going to be away, for the next couple of weeks, I want to encourage you, just use your Connect card right now. You can just fill out. I want to, I want to get in a group. Um, and, uh, and what I'll do is I will make sure and email you and remind you of the sign-ups coming up. And if you're not going to be here the next two weeks, then I will, um, I'll, I'll make sure we get you in a group. No problem. So, um, but that's the deal, you guys. Um, think about that little baby buffalo, okay? Um, you know, we, we don't want to put ourselves in positions like that where we're vulnerable and where we're susceptible. And although it's humbling... And although it's kind of nerve-wracking to take that step, it is an amazing, amazing experience, especially when you realize, and so many of us here are like, am I the only one who's really thinking this? Am I the only one who's like, is God even up there? Like, you know, or, man, is the Bible really true? Can I say that in one of these groups? Yes. Yes. If you don't, you're not being real. Um, and these groups are places where you will be respected and your confidentiality. Uh, it will stay within the group. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really, really cool thing. So um, I encourage you. I, I know this is, this, this, this is tough. Man. I mean, this series is called Countercultural Living for a Reason. It runs counter to what society tells us. It runs counter even to what we kind of naturally, instinctively sometimes want to do to kind of protect ourselves. But if we can find a way to submit and say, because you say so, I will, God. Oh, man, that's going to be amazing. And if we can get involved in meaningful community, you, if you can do these two things today, maybe you've been sitting here going, how the heck do I, I'm stagnating, you know, like where my faith's just kind of, just kind of whatever. I don't know, I, I need something. Well, if you can do these two things, I'm telling you, uh, nowhere but up, it's going, to be, it's going to be awesome. Let's pray. Lord God, um, I just want to pray for, for all of us in this room. Uh, God, is, there are certain things about this life that, that we resist, and there are certain principles that you put out to us, God, that, that run counter to everything in our being. We don't want to do some of these things, God. Um, as crazy as it sounds, God, help us to just be more willing to listen and to do what you say to get in a posture of just saying, because you say so, God, I will. And uh, Lord, um, we all, whether we realize it or not, how much we resist it or not, we all want meaningful community. And um, Lord, help us to find that. Um, For those who are really, really skeptical right now and and just like, there's no way, I just pray, God, you just give them a a little bit of an open heart and an open mind to, uh, to give it a shot. We thank you, God, for, uh, for allowing us to be here this morning. We praise you in Christ's name.